Hi everyone, it's Pepper Hernandez. I'm wanting to tune in with you to let you know that we now have a Patreon. I'm super excited. There's gonna be so much amazing content over there. And for just $5 a month, subscribers like you can have access to videos of past recordings, unreleased episodes, and even early access to future episodes. I'm really excited and I hope you are too. Thank you so much for supporting us so we can continue to create this amazing content. Go over to patreon.com slash Dr. Pepper Hernandez. I will see you over there. Plants, just like people, have a genetic structure that is passed down from seeds and generations and lineages. And so I feel like plants on like a micro level can understand humans better than humans understand humans. So you might be working with lavender because you have some anxiety and you want to calm down. But really, the lavender knows that you're someone who experienced sexual assault as a child. And so what you need is to bring some sweetness into your life. And lavender is providing you with that sweetness. Oh, working it out, sometimes the feels can get me down It's not a surprise, my eyes light up when you're around I'm awake, beating heart, you know I know Gotta start making dreams, taking flight Gotta show the world it's gonna be alright It's gonna be alright Welcome to the Quantum Alignment Q&A, where we traverse through an array of healing modalities to educate, empower, and excite our listeners on their path of holistic health and wellness. In sharing various practitioners' experiences and insight, we hope to cultivate a deeper relationship between one's true self, the mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional bodies. And now, join naturopath, transpersonal psychologist, and cannabis therapy consultant, Dr. Pepper Hernandez. Welcome, and thank you so much for taking time to be present with us today. Our intention for this podcast is to get each and every one of us one step closer to the highest version of our aligned self each and every day. The mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional components that get us there. I am so incredibly excited and honored to have our very special guest, Lauda Hassan. She is the founder of Maracuya, right? Botanicals, which means passion fruit. Um, And she has been touring college campuses and giving lectures and giving information out. We have a lot of questions for you, but her businesses, the intent of her businesses are to support health, healing, and the connection between people and their bodies. We have so much to talk about. Thank you, Lauda, for being here today with us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really excited to be here. And I feel like even explore more about myself through the questions that you have. So let's let's get into it. As we all do, right? Because we learn from educating others. I've been a teacher for a very long time as a certified educator for a very long time. And we do, we learn about ourselves So Lauda, tell our audience and our listeners a little bit about yourself, 
who you are and what you do in the world to help with the healing and connection of people and their bodies? <laughs> oh, what a broad question, but let's get into it. Uh, yeah. So like you said, my name is Laura and I really, one of the ways that I help people or when I created that um, mission statement, because that's actually the mission statement for Maracuya Botanicals is to support the health, healing and connection between people and their bodies. And when I created it, it was through way of herbalism. I started taking community herbalism classes when I graduated from college. And it was really just because a friend had told me, hey, I think you might like these classes. And then when I got into the classes, I realized one, it was just a beautiful way to connect to my grandmother who had passed away. But she had like a very vast, huge garden in this little tiny plot in Pacoima, California. And the property wasn't big by any means, but she had the biggest pot garden and she was just so proud of her garden. And so when I started taking community herbalism courses, I felt really connected to her. But I also realized I have this gift of being able to formulate different herbal remedies that would just help people. And I, people would just tell me like, Hey, I have pain in this area. Can you make something? Or I'm experiencing some anxiety. Can you make something? And I was like, sure, let me do a little bit of research. And that's so funny that I think about that. I never liked taking pills when I was younger. So naturally I did gravitate towards herbalism and holistic medicine as soon as I found it. But then I also don't like anything that tastes bad. And so I make it, it's like a point for me to make all of my herbal medicine taste good. And there's just so many people who I would give recipes that are, have herbal tinctures in them, but they were like, this is a tincture. This tastes so good. I never take my tinctures because they're nasty. And I was just, <laughs> I would laugh and I was like, I don't do nasty. Everything I do is pretty and it smells good and it tastes good because you want to feel gravitated towards it naturally. You don't want to feel like you have to take this medicine, right? And I feel like I have this saying that when I first started uh, working with herbs that whatever it is, nature did it first. If it's like the texture of a curl, coils were invented by nature, all colors were invented by nature, textures were invented by nature. And so I realized that all beauty comes from nature. So that means that your herbal medicines can be really a beautiful experience if you let them, you know, you just have to kind of curate the formula to enhance whatever beautiful or pleasurable textures and flavors are in them and aromas are in them. So that's kind of how I started that is people would ask me for certain things and I would formulate something for them that really did end up being very beneficial to the point where they kept asking me to make more of it. And so then those are the products that kind of made it into my product line today. But fast forward, I moved to Oklahoma a year ago and I did not realize this at the time, but I'm really big on vision boards. And so I just kind of realized that even though Oklahoma was not on my vision board, the things I was doing in Oklahoma, the ways that I was developing myself in Oklahoma, were on my vision board. And I kind of just had this thought one day where I wanted to have my own vision board workshop so I can teach people about the process I had gone through over the past year. And that ended up developing into a visioning workshop. It's a four-week visioning workshop. And basically, I take people through my process of visioning and going from visioning to planning to execution and what that looks like in four weeks. And from that, I realized that it was a very like preliminary process and that every single person in that first cohort of, of visionaries, I guess, could all really benefit from individual 
coaching. And so that's how I started offering my individual coaching, which is now one of the ways that I also help people connect to themselves and their bodies is by making sure that I just pose the right questions or guide them in the right ways to be able to turn first clarify their visions and then turn those visions into a reality. So there's several different aspects on how I do that. But that's kind of the offerings right now. So many pieces here. You and I first met and connected. You had been in Oklahoma for a handful of days. You said it was your first week. You were like, I just got here. And (laughs) And I was speaking at an event cannabis related on terpenes, cannabinoids, whole plant medicine, things like that. And you came up to me after the event and boom, since then, and that's been over a year ago, but since then we've been, you know, with each other on a certain path and direction. And so anyways, it's so cool. And I told you that day, I said, I think you're a very quick manifester because you just got in contact. If that was what you're purpose was, was to connect with cannabis. You just connected with the people in Oklahoma of cannabis. So anyhow, great success there. I want to dial in specifically your lineage and your history with plant medicine as an herbalist, because you have shared your passion and I have tried your products. I want to know the backbone behind that passion. We all get to a place where we are because of our ancestors, because of our family members, because of whatever's happened to us in our life or trauma, or, you know, if you're a therapist, like you have to deal with your own trauma. So you're like, that's why you're a good therapist, right? But you mentioned your grandmother. And I want to hear a little bit more about that story and the women that are your ancestors that came before you, if you'll share. Yeah, definitely. Is it okay if I talk a little bit about my trauma? (laughs) Okay, cool. Because that's a really big part of the story. So yeah, like I mentioned, I was taking some community herbalism courses. And I think like you said, things around me work really, really fast. And so it was day one of the community herbalism course, and we were given flower essences of all things to work with. It's kind of one of the more abstract herbal remedies to work with, because it deals with more like the metaphysical level of healing. And so Anyways, I chose this flower essence and immediately as I started taking it, I just felt extremely connected to both of my grandparents, my grandfather and my grandmother on my mom's side. And the teacher, she's a Mexican indigenous lineage. So the first herbal course that I took was based on Mexican traditional medicine, which in and of itself was like telling a new narrative to me because I've only ever heard of Chinese traditional medicine, right? Like it's so popular. And I was like, oh, I guess if there's Chinese traditional medicine, there's probably like all the, you know, like all of the races or all of the cultural lineages have their own traditions, right? And so from there, I really did start to learn more about what it means to practice Mexican traditional medicine. And really herbalism in itself is like the traditional medicine of all cultures in the world, right? And so I just started doing more research and asking my, my grandma had nine daughters (laughs) and there's no men. It's hilarious. (laughs) Only girls. And so I had a plethora of women to ask like, Hey, when you felt this way, like what would my grandma use? Because 
Interestingly enough, even though there's nine girls, none of them picked up the herbalism. It skipped a generation and went directly to me. And I grew up in dance class. My mom literally to this day, almost every single time we talk, she's like, if I would have known that this is where you were going to be in life, I would have taken you to my mom's house instead of taking you to dance class. And I was like, dang, my herbal knowledge would have been like, it would have skyrocketed young if that would have happened. But it's okay. Like I get to connect to her. Now, I never, even though she's been passed away for almost 13 years now, I still feel so connected to her. And it's because I work with herbs on a daily basis. And that's really where it started. But because my grandma had passed away and there wasn't that physical connection anymore, in that first four weeks, the first class I took was a four-week course, we started working with herbs on a level where I realized that I could nourish my nervous system with herbs and I could do it in a way that uh, I just have never felt comforted, supported or held before. You know, like when you cry, your parents want to comfort you and they want to hold you or your, even your best friends. But when people don't understand the depth of what you're going through, there's no way they can hold you. Right. But plants, just like people, have a genetic structure that is passed down from seeds and generations and lineages. And so I feel like plants on like a micro level can understand humans better than humans understand humans. And I always say this, even going into ceremony, whether it's for any type of psychoactive indigenous medicine or flowers and plants that you grow in your front garden, I always tell people that plants are really smart. So you might be working with lavender because you have some anxiety and you want to calm down, but really the lavender knows that you're someone who experienced sexual assault as a child. And you're actually a child of someone else who experienced a sexual assault. And actually, sexual assault is customary within your lineage of women. And so what you need is to bring some sweetness into your life. And lavender is providing you with that sweetness because there's been so much trauma and torment that your nervous system doesn't know how to operate. I mean, much less in homeostasis, but like outside of chaos. And so the lavender, although you think that you're bringing in like a calming nervine sensation that is going to help nourish your nervous system, it's doing so much more work than that, right? Even just bringing sweetness to a little girl who's crying. I mean, yes, I present myself as a 28-year-old woman who's a businesswoman and, and is thriving now, but I know that my lineage is, and my stories. I always walk with a little girl that's crying inside of me that was sexually assaulted. And I carry my grandmother's sexual assault and her mother's sexual assault. And those are things that oftentimes are really debilitating to people, but I've learned to process it and to understand the lesson, the story in a way that I now identify. And I'm, I apologize to anybody who's listening if this is triggering, but my status as a survivor of sexual assault is actually one of my superpowers. And I didn't identify that until I was able to nourish my nervous system so much that I realized that I'm the same person who I was when I was a little girl now. And one of my superpowers is I'm, I'm really good at surrendering to the process, no matter how hard the process is. And so the reason that I experienced sexual assault when I was a little girl is because I thought I was just playing with somebody and I was surrendering to the process of playing these games with someone. And it ended up being that I was actually being sexually assaulted. And now the reason that I've grown so much in my business and been able to like thrive here in Oklahoma, which is 100% out of my comfort zone, I'm from California and I made the decision to move to Oklahoma in a split second. But 
and that was shocking to me. But even then, I'm really good at surrendering. So I've surrendered to the process of growing here in Oklahoma. And it's, it's what's allowed me to just bloom into the person that I am today. And so all of that was just possible. And I was able to come to that recognition because plants were able to help me nourish my nervous system enough to be able to really settle into the present moment. And there's so many plants that have done that for me, but that's kind of how my plant journey really started. Did I circle back to answer the question? Absolutely. And so much more. Thank you for being vulnerable and open and sharing. I am sure there are a ton of our listeners who can resonate with what you're sharing because you've brought something up that it is a multiple generational trauma. I mean, sure, now we get to speak about it, but this has happened since the beginning of time, probably. But thank you. Thank you for sharing that. You know, something that piqued my interest that I have always worked with is my nervous system. I have always worked with cannabis specifically for my nervous system, but you're mentioning nourishing herbs. I would love as an herbalist to pick your brain on what nourishing herbs that you recommend or you use for really helping balance and nourish the nervous system, if you would. Yeah. Ooh, this is my cup of tea. I love this. There are so many, there are so, so many, and it's almost a little bit difficult to figure out which one or which pairing or which combination of them is going to work for you. So if there's anybody listening, I encourage you to work with the one that's closest to you that I mentioned right now, or the one that pops out to you the most. Like I said, herbs know you better than you know you. So sometimes there are herbs in your life that have been saying hi for a long time, and you just couldn't recognize their version of saying hello. So if any of these herbs, you've seen them in your vicinity, you see them at the store all the time, or they certain even sense of these herbs pop out to you when you're looking at candles in the candle aisle or whatever, any of these herbs work. It's just about finding which one works for you. So I'll mention a couple. Uh, lavender, one I've already mentioned, it's very nourishing, very gentle. It brings in so much sweetness. It's energetic medicine is to bring sweetness into your life. So especially if you're somebody who your nervous system is a little out of whack and you have a lot of negative self-talk and you just need a little bit of sweetness in your life, lavender is a really good one to work with. Almost all of the ones that I mentioned can be worked with both internally, topically. Uh, you can put them in your bath. You can make teas. You can... I like to use herbal waters, which are also called hydrosols as a toner. It's just like a mist, a spray mist. So there's a lot of ways you can work with them. But lavender is a really good one. Rose. Rose is heart medicine. It is an antidepressant. So it's very uplifting. But one of the things I often like to mention about rose is, yes, if you're somebody who you feel a lot of tightness or nervousness or your anxiety is held in your chest, it literally is a heart tonic. So it will support that part of your body. But I think one of the things that people always forget about rose is that we're encapsulated or we're just mesmerized by the flower because of all of its beauty, right? But people always forget that there's another part of the plant that's the thorns. And I'm a huge believer that any plant that has thorns on it is very potent medicine because it literally has its own self-defense mechanism. And so when you work with roses, of course, you're working with a very, like people know about roses for love, right? And it's, it's the plant that you give when you're trying to show your love for somebody. But 
it also is a plant that demands you to respect yourself. It demands you to respect yourself and it demands respect of other people. And it's because it has that thorn medicine. It has a natural protective self-defense mechanism, right? And if you think of yourself as this totally unique, divine, attractive, mesmerizing human being as roses are and as each of us are, then you need to have that self-defense mechanism. And most oftentimes when your nervous system is out of whack and your nervous system, you've been passed down a lineage of nervous systems that have been out of whack. If trauma is something that is a pattern in your lineage, then that self-defense mechanism often just goes out of the window, right? Like we don't know, we don't have the energy or the capacity to enforce that self-defense mechanism anymore. So that's one of the things I really love about Rose. There's a couple more that I like to mention specifically for survivors. If there's any survivors of sexual assault listening, Lemon Balm, or I think it's also called Melissa. Uh, If you find the essential oil version of it, it's usually called Melissa. But Lemon Balm, it's in the mint family. That one is so good to work with. It's really delicious as a tea and very has a very gentle way of nourishing people who have specifically have anxiety, but specifically from sexual trauma. That one, I specifically usually work with it in a tea. So that's kind of how I know about that one or how I know to work with that one. Also a very gentle plant. Uh, What else? There's a couple more I want to mention. Maracuya or passion fruit, just because it's that one's really near and dear close to me. Maracuya is very good at nourishing your nervous system, specifically with anxiety as well. That one I like to work with because it is a plant that grows towards the light. It's a vine. And so it will do anything and everything in its power to climb on top of anything in its way to reach towards the light. On top of that, its flowers are you have to Google it. If you've never seen a passion flower flower, it looks like almost like a spaceship in a flower, something out of this world. It's mesmerizingly beautiful. But all parts of the plant, the leaves, usually if you're at an herbal store, you'll find the leaves, but the leaves, the flower, the stems, all of them are very nourishing for your nervous system. And they help so much with anxiety. But I like that one specifically because the plant, the way that it grows, its energy is helping you look for the light. So if you're someone whose anxiety or depression is so debilitating that you've been in a dark hole for a long time, I would definitely recommend working with passion flower or passion fruit or any part of the passion flower fruit plant. And then one more that I will mention is Tulsi. That one has indigenous roots to India, I believe. Oh, there's two more I want to mention, but sorry. Tulsi, that one, it just is a super yummy herb, super nutritive to your nervous system. Uh, Smells divine. It's just that one, I believe it's called, I don't want to get it wrong, but it's very highly revered in the Indian community. And they have a practice of even just going outside and walking around it and ruffling its feather, its feathers, its leaves. That one, even the aroma of it will help nourish your nervous system. So that one, of course, drinking it in a tea, but even just being around that plant is very nourishing to your nervous system. And then the last one I'll mention in honor of my grandmother is Damiana. I'm not sure how to say that one in English, but that one is native to Mexico. I believe it's specifically native to Sinaloa, where my grandma's from. Also another delicious plant, and it is very nourishing for anxiety and depression. It's very uplifting. 
and tastes delicious in a tea. I love drinking that tea like by itself, no honey. It's just, it's like a happy plant. Like when you drink it, it almost just like, it has like a happy taste. <laughs> so those are a couple of the herbs that I'll mention. Almost all of the herbs that I mentioned are included in some of the formulas of the different products that I make. So yeah, all herbs that are near and dear to my heart. I love it so much. Thank you for all of that information. Amazing, amazing, amazing. And it makes a lot of sense why your business or why your herbalist company is Maracuya, the passion fruit, because that's looking for the light. That makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. It's also named that because my mom doesn't know anything about herbs, really. She's the oldest of the nine. So you think like as the oldest of the nine, she would have the most memory of my grandma and have picked up the most from her, but she really doesn't know much about plants. And when my sister was turning 15 in Mexican culture, you have the quinceañeras, right? So she was in my friend's quinceañera court. And when my mom would pick her up from practice, she would see that this flower, this mesmerizing, beautiful flower in their backyard. And she's like, fell in love with it. And the lady was like, oh, you like it? I'll give you one. So she gives her a plant. My mom, of course, not knowing that it's a vine that will climb on top of anything and everything searching for the light. She put it in the middle of all of our citrus trees in the backyard and it grew huge, gymungous. It literally grew over like five or six different trees. And because it wants to do everything in its power to look for the light, it creates this canopy. So normally when you see passion flower, it's also called maypop for anybody listening. You see it growing along fences right? Because people who know that it needs to climb on top of stuff don't want to kill other plants. So it climbed on top of like at this point, five or six citrus trees in my mom's backyard. And one day I was just outside and I was really just in awe of the plant's beauty. And from the corner of my eye, I saw a flick and I was like, what the hell is that? And then I look and I go towards it. And literally this flower, this passion flower starts to bloom in front of my face. And I was like, there's no way this is literally like out of like a movie from National Geographic. I can't believe this is happening. And I literally for the next three minutes, I just watched in amazement how this flower bloomed in front of me. And when it was finally done, it opened up its last petal. I felt like I heard a whisper from my ancestors saying yes. And that was the beginning. That was like still when I was in my first, it may have been my second herbalist course. Oh yeah, it was the second one. And I went back to my class and I told them the story about how I saw this flower bloom and how I felt like it was a yes. I didn't know what the yes meant, but at the time it felt like it was like, yes, study herbs, do herbalism. This is one of your gifts. And that was five years ago now. So (laughs) what a beautiful story. Lauda, you are amazing. I appreciate you for being here. We're going to take a short little break. When we come back, I would love to talk with you about some of the psychoactive plant medicines that you work with. We kind of listed a few. You and I have talked about a couple. So let's talk about that when we come back. And it happens to be that time in our podcast where we're going to give a short little shout out to a local aligned business that I love so very much. And I think that you will too. We'll be right back. Have you ever thought about getting a cannabis doctor's recommendation letter? You can. You can do that with LeafWell. 
Your doctor's evaluation would include a two-year doctor's recommendation letter, an instant PDF download, 24-7 online verification, and there's no in-person appointment necessary. You can do it all online. It's also HIPAA compliant, which means complete privacy. There is a secure payment method, and with LeafWell, you can get your cannabis medical card online in minutes. No matter what state you're in, if you would like to save $20 off, they're giving giving our listeners a $20 off promotional code, which is Dr. Pepper 20. That's D-R-P-E-P-P-E-R 20. Thank you guys so much for coming back. Uh, Cole, our producer and helper for the podcast with Access Unbolt, just talking about him and how awesome he is. We're here with Lauda. And she is going to share with us a little bit more information on herbalism. But I want to really discuss plant medicine, right? Deep plant medicine, that psychosomatic triggering sometimes plant medicine. And that's what we were talking about during the break. Tell us your stories. What do you got for me? Like, what do you want to share with those listeners? Because our audience you know, we have a whole entheogen series of different practitioners who come on talking about peyote, talking about DMT, talking about combo, talking about psilocybin. It sounds like maybe you've gone through some of these traditional experiences with each of these on your own. It's called to you. So tell me about that. Yeah, definitely. I feel like this is a part of the story people never talk about. So I'm excited to uh, just share more about it and what my specific experience has been. Well, I guess I'll start from the beginning, right? My herbal teacher had invited me to a peyote ceremony and it was an all women ceremony. And I, at the time, that's all I knew. I didn't know specifically a women's ceremony to heal from sexual trauma. And I didn't find out that part until I got there. And I didn't find out that part really until right before we went into ceremony and they started asking us all these questions that were very triggering. And I was so upset. I was so mad that they were asking me these questions and I didn't understand the purpose. And then we go into ceremony and, you know, we're there, the person who was leading ceremony and who was holding the intention of ceremony, she calls it cosmic guacamole. <laughs> which I really appreciate, makes it a little more like just culturally like close to home when she called it cosmic guacamole for me. But yeah, that was the tradition. And at least in that ceremony was to do four rounds of it. And we didn't get to four rounds. But I remember like feeling something deep in my stomach just churning around in there after I took the first like dose of medicine and everybody in ceremony like at some point or another. Oh, I'm sorry, this is peyote. Uh, so that I'm talking about. So the cosmic guacamole, yes, is peyote. And so it was going around and I took my first dose of it. And uh, when I did, I felt all of like the churning and something going on in my stomach. And I just did not feel good. But I had been instructed by someone not to force anything. And so I didn't want to stick my finger down my throat or make myself throw up. And when you're in ceremony, they don't call it throw up, they call it getting well, because really, what you're doing is getting well. And so I saw a lot of other people getting well, I think maybe at some point, I do remember getting well, like a little bit. But I went through most of the ceremony just feeling like, there's something in me that I just it needs to come up, but it can't come up. I don't know why it's not coming up. And I would 
much rather it come up right now. Like that would be so much more pleasant, I feel like. And so this ceremony was all night. You sit up in ceremony. And so we're getting to the point in ceremony where like the sun is coming up and we're doing the closing of the ceremony. And still I feel like there's something in me that just is not, something's not right. And so right at the end of ceremony, people are like getting up and saying goodbye and saying like leaving, exiting the doors or whatever. And I went up to the person holding ceremony and I asked her, I was like, hey, can I just stick my finger down my throat? Because something's wrong. I need to get this out. And she was like, yeah, girl, go for it. Do whatever you got to do. So I did. And literally, as soon as I stuck my finger down my throat, I got well, like a lot, like a lot, a lot. And it ended up feeling to me, I don't know what it looked like on the outside, but it felt like there was like this big claw that just like clawed deep down through my mouth down in my throat to the deepest part of my stomach and it just kept going and going and going and finally when I was done I opened up my eyes and I looked at it and I was like what is that that is not mine and I knew that it was what my perpetrator left inside of me when I was I don't even know how old I was when I got sexually assaulted for the first time but I I pinpoint it in my memory between ages like five to seven maybe five to eight somewhere around there And it was the first time, like literally right after that ceremony, I was able to say my perpetrator's name out loud. I was able to talk about it without crying for the first time because I just realized in ceremony that he was holding on to some energy that someone else left with him. He no longer knew how to hold on to that energy. So he left it with me and he did all the things he did when I was young and he left it with me. And I, as a little girl, obviously, little ones are more pure and they're closer to pure energy than anybody else in the world. And so somehow we know how to hold it, even though we have no idea it is what we're holding. And so it wasn't until I got to ceremony and I got well that I realized I was like, that's not mine. I can't believe that that was living inside of me for so long. And, and I'm so happy to say goodbye. (laughs) Like, thank you. And And in this ceremony specifically, there were people in charge of picking up your wellness and taking it and burying it in another part of the campgrounds that we were on. And so it's really beautiful to know that one, that wasn't mine. Two, I got rid of it. Three, someone else's job was to take care of me by taking it away and composting it back into the earth. And the earth being as smart as the earth is knows how to make that into something beautiful again, which is why like that first ceremony was so influential to me. And it's the reason I get to call myself as a survivor and using my survivor status as a superpower is because I come from the earth. And I know that I know that through ceremony, I know that through walking in alignment and being my true self, right. And so I know that I can take my experience as a survivor and turn that into something beautiful and turn that into me being present for other people who have gone through similar traumas and letting them know like, you can turn this into something beautiful too. You just have to go through the steps and the process to heal in your own way, in whatever ways that feel good for you and whatever ways you feel called to. Because really all of us, like I think the earth wants us to vibrate on like a good level. You know, like everyone wants to come back to homeostasis. We just, we're entrenched in this society that preaches otherwise, (laughs) I guess. I'm not sure. But yeah, I think that first ceremony really taught me like energy is most people know energy cannot be created or destroyed. It's just transferred. And what was inside of me was a transfer of energy. And I just needed to figure out a way to transfer that to somewhere else. And that's, that was really the power of what peyote taught me in that first ceremony. 
Oh my gosh. Thank you for sharing. I'm emotional just hearing your story. Like it's so powerful. Yeah. Especially the piece of like someone else's job was to pick it up and bury it. Thank you so much. And isn't it weird when you see it, like when you physically see it, like what it was that's come out of you in a way. And sure, it's not maybe with your opticals, it's more with your third eye, but you see it all Mm -hmm. of a sudden Mm -hmm. and you can give it acknowledgement and leave it and let go of it. If you've experienced what we're talking about today, you will know 100% what we're sharing. But if you haven't, you can probably get a kind of a good idea of what we're talking about. So thank you for sharing that. Um, I think one more thing I'll share is that I I looked at it and then I looked up. I don't know how this happened. The universe is kind of funny sometimes. The first person I looked up at happened to be my therapist at the time. So I look at the wellness and I'm like, that's not mine. And then I look up and I see my therapist's eyes like dead on. We're looking straight at each other. And she was like, whoa. And I was like, what? And she's like, your eyes, they're huge. And I was like, really? <laughs> and everyone around me, everyone around me, like at a collective, like, I don't know how it was just everyone in sync was like, happy birthday. And I was like, oh, thank you. It is my birthday. I have rebirthed myself right now. I am not the same person I was when I walked into the ceremony. I'm a completely new person because I'm no longer holding on to that energy that whatever it was, that wasn't mine. I get to walk out of the ceremony a new person. And that's really like the identity shift that ancestral and indigenous medicine gets to give you is and I had no idea right because again plants know you better than you know you I had no idea I was walking into that ceremony one version of me and coming out a completely different version of me and a version of me that it's going to be a much better not like productive member of society but like someone who gets to walk in their purpose and when you're walking in your purpose you are organically contributing to your society Thank you for that. That's really important to mention. We're kind of getting to the end of our show, but I did want to ask you if someone is interested or this is piquing their interest to go into herbalism, to go into plant medicine, what are some tips? What are some tips you would tell someone? And I know with herbalism earlier in the show, you said find something that is in your local area or that resonates with you when you hear it. Would that be the same thing now when we talk about these psychedelic plant medicines? What are your thoughts? I think so. I guess my tip is really like if it feels good with you, if it resonates with you, if it's calling you, then wait for the call specifically, but hold on to that. And what I mean by that is like, I think there was one time when I was 11 somewhere between 11 and 13, I just heard the words ayahuasca. I heard the word peyote. And I think that's it. I think those are the two. And I don't know what those people were talking about. I don't remember where the context of where I was when I heard those words, but I never forgot those words. And then like later in life, must have been like when I was 15, there were people who were having this conversation. They were like, I can't remember the name, but it's this medicine and and you drink it and it does X, Y, and Z. And I was like, oh, are you talking about peyote and ayahuasca? And they were like, oh, you know what's up? And I was like, I actually don't know what those things are, but I just thought that was the answer. And and I remembered those words from something and it just felt like the frequency of those words was the answer to the conversation you were talking about. And then fast forward to me 
getting out of college. So at this point, I think my first peyote ceremony was when I was 22 or 23. And I just got an invite and I didn't say no. And so I feel like when you're meant to work with a certain type of medicine, whether it's herbs from your front garden or indigenous medicine, the frequency of the word, the frequency of the ceremony even, because oftentimes like I don't look for ceremony. I let it come to me, right? I let people invite me into ceremony. And so there have been certain people who are like, oh, we found this shaman in Florida who hosts ceremony once or twice a month, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, I don't know who that person is. I don't know how they host ceremony. That doesn't resonate with me. I'm not looking for it in that way. But when I find people who their frequency, the way that they walk the world, it feels like it aligns with mine. Do you have all four elements present? Is there an altar at your ceremony? You check all the boxes of the tools, the spiritual tools that are also going to support me in ceremony. I'll go to your ceremony. Yes, I accept your invite. But if you're just going to sign up for some random shaman who's hosting the ayahuasca ceremony in a dark room with no fireplace or no altar or no really deep intention, then that may not necessarily be the ceremony for you. It definitely has to resonate and it has to feel like it's calling you on a much deeper level, you know? Thank you for sharing that. I think it's really important that we pay attention to the call, but also give it some time, you know, yeah. not like, oh, I, I heard that word yesterday and this weekend we're going to, you know, oh, hi, <laughs> yeah. you know, we're going to go down Santa Barbara. Yeah. We're doing this like weekend trip. So thank you for that. Yeah. I say that jokingly, but I've just worked with so many people that didn't have the aftercare and just jumped on a bandwagon to do, you know, ayahuasca or a really deep God dose of psilocybin, and then they're left with nothing after. So thank you. I think it's important that we share that. Lauda, you've been amazing. I could talk to you for a whole other hour. Maybe we'll have you on again in the future because there's so much more to share. But I do want to thank you. Before we go, how can people get a hold of you specifically for your services? And just in a real quick nutshell, tell us about your type of embodiment that you work yeah, with. Yeah, definitely. So I'll start with the first one. How can you get a hold of me? I am on almost all the social media channels under Maracuya Botanicals. Uh, will that be linked somewhere in the notes or should I spell it out for people? Spelling it out, but it will also be linked. But go ahead and spell it out for those listeners. Yeah. So it's Maracuya, which is M-A-R-A-C-U-Y-A. -A -A. That's how you spell Maracuya, or it's the Spanish name of passionflower. And then the second word is botanicals. So it's all together, Maracuya botanicals. Um, and I'm on Instagram, TikTok. I have no following on Twitter because I never got onto Twitter. I think I created my Twitter just recently, but I'm on Twitter as well. And then if you would like to email me, my email is maracuyabotanicals at gmail.com. So on all pretty much all social media platforms, that's how you can contact me. And then my embodiment coaching curriculum, that's something that's kind of newer and it has come out of me sharing in my visioning process. And really just the process about how I heal. So of course, I've shared on this episode uh, that I am a survivor of sexual assault. And I turned that status of being a survivor into a superpower. And I finally have sat down to kind of compile like the way that I've done it. And I put it into a format that I like to call embody. 
And EMBODY is really an acronym, so I'll go through it. Uh, E stands for ease into the present moment. And the reason that this one is so important is because oftentimes, no matter what age or what stage of your life you're in, a lot of times people will have the narrative, well, like, I'm 30, I should have had the kids and the career and the house. And you have all these expectations associated with whatever age or whatever stage of your life that you're in. And my, my practice, my approach is that you need to just ease into the present moment. Forget about all of the judgment, all of the expectations, whether they're from you, your parents, or society at large. Just forget about all of it. Ease into the present moment. Really take a bird's eye aerial view about what your playing field looks like and know that this is your foundation. This is where you get to start from and where you get to grow from. M is managing your mindset. So it's really important that once you know what your playing field looks like, you have to be mindful about what's the narrative you're telling in your mind. Is it a positive one? Is it a negative one? How are you nourishing your mindset? What is the, the literal story that you're telling yourself? The next one is B, believe in the vision. So now that you know where you're at, we need to know where we're going. So we first visualize the vision, really create the scene for yourself. And then you have to believe that if you're manifesting or if you're envisioning your wildest dreams and having them come true, you have to believe that you're worthy of achieving that. A lot of times people will think like, well, I want to be a millionaire. And then they think like, well, that doesn't happen to people like me. That doesn't happen to people from Pacoima or that doesn't happen to people who come from my family. You know, like nobody in my family is a millionaire, so I can't do that. That's a load of BS. Everything that you envision, I believe is a message from your future self. So it's not outside of you. You just have to believe in the vision. O is operate in alignment. Once you already know where you're at, you're managing your mindset about it, and you believe in where you're going, then you have to start operating in alignment. Because as I said, the vision is just a message from your future self. So now all you have to do is figure out how to get from here to there. You have to do that quantum leap. And the way you do the quantum leap is starting to operate in alignment. You already just start your day-to-day -day practices are look like embodying whatever that future version of yourself is doing. If your future version of yourself gets up at 6 a.m. every day because you're booked, busy, and blessed, then today, start getting up at 6 a.m. and start acting like you're booked, busy, and blessed, even if you're not. Just the simple practice of getting up at 6 a.m. and doing your first, your morning meditation or making yourself breakfast or whatever your morning routine is to be ready to start taking meetings at 8 a.m., that's what you got to start doing because you're already embodying that future version of yourself and that's operating in alignment. D is deepen your commitment or develop into your higher self. And the reason that you need to deepen your commitment is because once you do start becoming booked, busy, and blessed and all of the abundance starts coming your way, it's going to feel a little uncomfortable. There's going to be a few challenges that come your way or that you need to overcome. And when you're faced into those challenges, it's really easy to revert back to your old self. But that's the moment you have to deepen your commitment to all of the steps that we just talked about. You have to deepen your commitment to easing into the present moment, to managing your mindset, to believing in the vision and believing that it's for you. And you have to deepen your commitment in operating in alignment. And then finally, why is yield results? If you do all of these steps, I can almost guarantee you that you will yield results. And if you think about the word yield, it's like yielding a crop, yielding a result from the seeds that you've planted. Or if you're thinking about it while you're driving and you're yielding to the drivers that are coming towards you, 
it's kind of like you're slowing down to to really look at the playing field and observe like what have I created all right cool let's speed back up and keep on going because the journey's not over the journey's never over unless you say it is and so that's it that's the embodied curriculum that I've created and I'm currently taking on individual clients and working with them individually to really go through them very in depth and through the curriculum so yeah that's a little bit that's not just it you said oh that's it you know what (laughs) that's amazing and I always think that a vision of what reality I'm trying to create is a message for my future self I Mm -hmm. always think that so Mm -hmm. I love that you hit on that and something I'm picking up from you my friend because you just dropped a lot of golden nuggets there but the one I'm picking up is the booked, busy, and blessed. That's right. Because <laughs> I always say, because people ask me, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm busy, I'm fluid, I'm full, like all those things, right? But booked, busy, and blessed. Lauda, you're amazing. I appreciate <laughs> you so much. I cannot wait to continue our relationship through the Cannabis Holistic Institute because you're taking the the cannabis program and just really excited to have you aboard there and then hopefully becoming an educator and teacher for the Institute was the goal, my sweet friend. But thank you so much for making time to be on the show today. We appreciate you for being here. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to be back because as you said, I think we can talk for hours. We can easily do another episode or four. (laughs) A hundred percent. And you know, I have the Cannabis Holistic Institute clubhouse room over there that you should come Mm -hmm. and check out. Actually, anyone who's listening to this podcast, we have, and I've never mentioned it before, but we have a Cannabis Holistic Institute clubhouse over there that I invite a lot of people, speakers to come over and talk about cannabis and how it helps heal because we didn't even touch on that, Lauda. So next time, but please come over to the clubhouse and talk all you want to. Uh, But that content's over there on replays if you want to come over and listen. Again, thank you so much for helping our audience and myself get one step closer to the highest aligned self, mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional bodies. To the audience, thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Dr. Pepper Hernandez. Thank you so much for listening. And let's make this your very best life ever. Dr. Pepper Hernandez is one of the world's most respected and accomplished cannabis naturopaths. She has guided thousands of patients worldwide in the use of cannabis, non-psychoactive forms for a various range of illnesses, disease, and discomfort. She works with her clients in the mental, physical, and emotional components of health and well-being. She's the founder and educational director of the Cannabis Holistic Institute, which aims to educate, empower, and encourage holistic health practitioners, physicians, and students to use whole plant, sun-grown medicine as a part of their wellness routine. Dr. Hernandez is a syndicated cannabis medical journalist and the published author of the Cannabis Patient Journal series. Learn more about her and her practice at drpepperhernandez.com or across social media platforms, including Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. If you would like to make a one-on-one appointment with her, connect with drpepperhernandez.com for an easy online schedule.